Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, 2021, and it is time, diggity donks, for Morning Combat. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. I'm from CBS Sports, joined by my CBS Sports brethren, Brian Campbell. Brian, you can tell it's Morning Combat, not merely because you and I are on the screen, but because of all the generous Morning Combat signage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could the Bellator logo be bigger? Seriously? Well, Luke, we are inside uh, Mohegan Sun Arena. We are. Just days out from Bellator 258, so a uh, lot of big business for us this week. Maybe could maybe an MK would have looked nice right here. but uh, Could the background be shinier? I wonder. Luke's very, very, a very critical man, production-wise, Also, -wise, you, you but, look uh, like uh, the former Rob Ford of, of Canada. Well, I wanted to ask you. Have you, been, have you been doing illicit things in the... Todd Grisham on our Morning Combat bonus clip yesterday did ask, what, why am I looking so pale and red this week? Am I dying? <laughs> it is possible. It honestly, is possible. Here, here's part of my belief, and I could be wrong about this. In fact, the camera guys are going to tell me I'm a fucking idiot, which is definitely true. It looks like the white balance is off because you look like Brock Lesnar after beating Shane Carwin in terms of how pink. <laughs> You're the color of country time lemonade, pink lemonade. Oh, don't tech talk me here. Uh, it just could be my personal choices, Luke, and I'm going to have to deal with them, okay, at the end of the day. Uh, man, we got a, a loaded Wednesday show, which not only is, you know, looking at the uh, the biggest headlines, storylines of the week as, as we set the stage here for Bellator 258 and beyond, but, Luke, we have for the first time ever an in-person wheel of death that you can spin. You get what you freaking get, mother effer, okay? I'm looking forward to that. Not at all, but that will be later in the show. We do have fan submissions as well. You guys have sent in your artwork. Yeah, we are here in the belly of the beast. This is, as you can, well, can you, Jay, can you throw it to the wide, that one shot you showed us? They put us in, a, in the concourse. Can we go back to it? So right yeah, over. Real quickly, real quickly. <laughs> right to the side there as well, the where they will be cooking the hot dogs uh, later, hopefully. But thanks thanks for the direct. Well, yeah. I'm looking for. Oh, there it is. A little bit of delay there. Uh, yeah, so right off to the side is the ladies' room and also the beginning. I mean, could the background be shiny? I mean, as you. Not an MK logo in sight. As you made the joke uh, <laughs> earlier, Luke, uh, you know, if the arena is Manhattan and we are right next to the yeah. to the. The tunnel to the arena. We are very Jersey City in this spot, so maybe that's where you we... You know what's good about this spot? <laughs> the fruit flies <laughs> that are flying, <laughs> that are flying uh, into my drink. It's, well, look, they're nice. No shortage of morning <laughs> combat content this week, including, at least most importantly for what's next, Luke, 2.50, 2.50 p.m. Eastern time today from this desk 
on YouTube, you and I will be doing a Bellator 258 uh, interview special yep. that is going to be roll the dice, kind of fun, wild, getting people fired up and set up for the fights. Um, I'm excited. I've, I've seen our guest list. I'm the great Danny Brenner of uh, PR fame. Yes. Well, we were, we were set us up nicely. We were going to okay. start at three for that, and we'll have the names you would imagine that are relevant for uh, Bellator 258, including but not limited to Rumble and Juan Archuleta and a bunch of guys. We were going to start at three, but we wanted to add Logan Storley. We actually saw him and wanted to add him well, yesterday. Did, you know, so full we disclosure, had to push it back to 250. We ran into him in the COVID line, and he recognized you. I mean, full he disclosure, did, yeah, right? See, see, I don't bring that up because that's not uncommon. That happens quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't mean to flex, but it's a, true. A real talk Luke actually had with me is, you know, PC, get ready. You know, as the show grows, you're gonna you're gonna find that you'll be in public, and you know, be, people are just gonna recognize you. It's like, okay, thank, thanks, thanks, Doctor, uh, thanks, thanks, Uncle Luke, right there. Listen, twenty five thousand followers, over a hundred. Hey, I'm pushing followers. on thirty on Twitter. I'm, okay. I'm closing. In, I might this week. This week, I might hit. 30. All right, all right. Thirty so, k. Speaking, speaking of uh, those kinds of metrics and milestones, if you're watching this video, thumbs up on it. Hit that subscribe button. We're trying to keep that train on the tracks and keep it moving if you're new to subscribing to us welcome we do on occasion get out of our literal studios in our house and sometimes no, we get on location and it's great to be here by the way i love the mohican sun uh, resort and uh and we love our our partners our supporters at malka showtime cbs sports bellator even to to allow us to be here um last thing on this i was going to tell them i am happy to be here as well it's nice that we have this set but i was telling them like if you think i'm not going to say mean things about this set you don't know who you hired, so just putting that out there. Yeah, maybe okay. maybe that's why your career has had a lot of highs and lows <laughs> in it. Uh, quickly, Luke, uh, not to air dirty laundry on the inside and the outside, but sometimes life dictates the storylines of a real-life documentary more than any producer could. As you and I do this morning combat episode right now, and as we do every other piece of content this week from Uncasville, Connecticut, more out of need and necessity than choice, the man in your ear. It ain't Manich. No. It ain't Gaff. No. It's fucking Jay. Yeah. Pennington James is running the show, which is why, you know. Jay, can you do the, the, the backdrop look again? Can you show yourself here? Can you, can you yeah, show the, your flesh? The, there it is. There it, well, say hi. There it is. Yeah. There As you is. can see, Matt, he's got a chin diaper on, just masked nowhere <laughs> near his fucking nose. This is like Buckner walking back into Fenway Park, right? It's more like, or Wade, it's, Stadium, it's more like, it's more like Wade Boggs getting off the plane after 40 beers. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they were like, the bad news is everyone's booked this week. A lot of people are, you know, have things planned. But we got Jay. Yes. You're getting Jay. So we're getting Jay this week. Let's see what happens. All right. All right so we got to get the show started. We do have some topics to get to, as I mentioned. Also fan submissions. Also the Wheel of Death. Tons of stuff. Like the video. Hit subscribe. Uh, yes, as you can tell, this is a Bellator and Showtime kind of affiliated production, I guess. Uh, if you want to try Showtime, you certainly may. Go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, if you want to take the plunge so you can watch, you're ready to go and just make Showtime a thing. I'm assuming they're going to show lower thirds. There we go. Show.com slash Bellator MMA is the URL to go to. Hit that thing up. If you want to take the plunge, again, you get all of Showtime's library plus live, you know, a, a regular programming. Before you get to the topics, Jay does have a bonus video, like a fan submission thing that he just, he was like, BC, I got to put this in the show. He's like, I got to. Jay, quickly, before we lose Luke here. got Jay birded as he would say. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whew, okay. I thought I was going to see some tickle bitties <laughs> and instead I saw <laughs> I saw I, I was I thought I was going to see two tens. I saw one zero. Yes. That's what happened there. 
<laughs> um, Can we get that man a bra? Let's go. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, nice rack there, uh, uh, Pennington James. Okay, uh, let's see. If you want to email the show, morningcombat at gmail.com. Of course, that's where your fan submissions will get picked up. And then for Friday, which we'll also do the show from here on Friday, for dead wrong, anything that we get wrong, send it in there. And if you don't think we're not only going to hit you over the head with so much bonus content from here, your boy BC's got interviews with Todd Grisham from DAZN. I'm sitting down with Michelle Waterson. Cowboy Sir. I mean, there are, you know, all these Bellator guys later today. It's going to be a big week for this brand, Luke. Yep. I'm ready to go to the next level with you. And, and to, I'm ready to take this. Okay. Stop, yeah. please. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. And and also, to BC's credit, he even canceled an interview with Canelo to make sure he was here to do morning combat content. So you could tell how much we have yes. going on this week as a ver by consequence of that. Yep. That is, that's the true fact. Ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Let's start with topic number one here, if we can. It's kind of over now. I don't know how big of a story it is. But it's enough where I, it's at least worth bringing up. So there was all the stupid-ass drama on social media yesterday. Hey, BC, could you act professional when yeah, the show starts? I figured the director would see what, what happened and would, you know, go to go the, the ISO Go to the one-shot? No, it's Pennington fine. James doing this. Um, so Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders had a bit of a dispute. Billy Joe Saunders was saying, uh, and it, by the way, did not show up to media day, and was saying he wasn't going to compete unless they made the ring 22, but more more uh, importantly, 24 feet is what he was really looking for in diameter. And I guess the ring was somewhere between 18 and 20 originally. Now, here is my point. They, they worked it out. The fight's on, and I think the ring is going to be 22. I'm not sure what they eventually settled on. But enough that Billy Joe Saunders walked back any kind of threat about the fight not taking place. So there's no story there. But the question is why it was so big and so important for Billy Joe to do this, and if there's any implication. BC, here's my read on this. Tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong from your vantage point. He was absolutely right to request a bigger ring. It is more of an advantage to his style. This is the biggest fight of his career. Um, the details need to be right for him to do it. On the other hand, the way that it was made such a show tells me that it's less about that and more about I want to fuck with Canelo any way I can Bingo. before Saturday. So if it was any other fighter, you would have some of those concerns of is this showing is this him showing you that he doesn't have the balls, right? Or is he trying, does he know he's going to lose this so he's trying any way to potentially wiggle out? I might say that if it was any other fighter. The thing about Billy Joe Saunders, and it's part of the narrative, Luke, of why this has the potential to be a sneaky, good, sort of trappish fight, depending on how it goes, is that Saunders is, is so friggin' mentally tough, and he's a full-time troll at all times. So he's going to do this stuff, yes, to cause a commotion, to disrupt it, to bring headlines. Look, they brought headlines, right, to this fight and, and sort of, you know, got you woken up if you didn't know about it going, what, is this guy really going to walk away from the fight? It's also to get into Canelo's head, and it's also to do exactly what he did, which was brilliantly steal an advantage from Canelo in a fight in which he's the betting underdog. When you fight somebody of Canelo's stature, you don't get to call the shots, right? Floyd, Cane uh, Floyd, Oscar, all the big guns had done that before. When you fight them, you fight on their terms, ring size, glove size, rounds, weight, all that stuff. This was Billy Joe Saunders being crazy enough to just stand up and go, no, this is what I need to have my best chance. And it just so happened that Canelo was like, you want the, the ring's not going to win it for you. I'll fight you in any. Right. And look, this goes back to that whole thing I do. Well, part of this, by the way, part of this had to be, let's see if we can make Canelo bend the knee publicly. And and, and publicly, he was like, yeah, fine. You want 24? We'll do tw or whatever it was, 22 or 24. We'll do it. But I think part of getting him to acquiesce to a demand is also part of the experience. As Definitely well. part of that. But it's also like this is the, the best ring size for my style. And I think it's also 
trying to piss Canelo off. Look, Canelo is so calculated that Billy Joe's best chance of winning this fight, and if you know him as a boxer, he can be the the uh, you know the the guy in front of the charging bull with the the matador. He can play matador. He's at his best when he's playing matador. When somebody's coming at him, Canelo's so skilled as we know, Luke. He can win the fight under any circumstances, walking you down, outpointing you as a counterpuncher from the outside. I think it plays best into Saunders' style, not just to get the bigger ring, and he somehow pulled it off. But to have Canelo maybe upset, maybe looking to press the pace, that's going to allow counter opportunities in theory for Saunders. So it all goes together. But, Luke, if you're going to make a stance like that, though, you do have to risk, you know, the potential embarrassment. And also, I think you risk potentially losing the fight. Eddie Hearn, the promoter who, who has a contract right now with Canelo, did fly out John Ryder, who's a, a, you know, a top 168 contender who's never really gotten over that hill to the, t to the title level. But as a potential replacement, you saw the headlines in the past 24 hours before this got resolved. So if you're Billy Joe Saunders, you had to at least in the back of your mind go, this type of power move could lose me the fight. I just think he's crazy enough and has been so hard to negotiate with and so selective enough in his run that he was actually okay with that. If it had to go down, if the whole thing fell apart, mm. he's willing to do that to try to get this advantage, and he got it. So there's a lot of people to no praise. I think, now. I think, you know, he's a wily fox where it's like he pulled off exactly what he wanted, but I'm also here to praise Canelo, who basically was like, dude, take it, all right? right. We're fighting, and I think that's a big part of this tells me we're going to get a ready Billy Joe Saunders because there's no excuses now. Right. I mean, you go in there and you lose with a 24-foot, again, whatever it was, let's say 24, 24-foot ring that you had requested. We saw, you know, again, they're very different styles, but from a similar kind of orientation in the way they fight, we saw what that did for Eris Lundy Laura. You could maybe make the case that he beat Canelo. Again, they're very different fighters, but just sort of pointing out a little bit about what might be in play in terms of sticking and moving. I don't remember the size and the dimensions of that ring, if it was any way significant, but you did see Laura have some success with that. But that was a Canelo that was not this version of him, who is so, like, he is a come-forward kind of boxer when he needs to be, but very strategically, very thoughtfully, not much of a bull who rushes in, more about a guy who is something of a sniper on the outside who creates openings and then builds upon them. So, again, if you're Billy Joe Saunders, great. You got what you, you, got what you asked for. But also, be careful that you got what you asked for because if you go in there and Canelo houses you eventually in the end, which is an if, but let's say he does it, you simply will have nothing to say at that point. You got everything you were asking for. <laughs> I did. It's something. weird. I held some weird respect for Billy Joe through all this. It's ridiculous what just happened, and, yeah. and your, your response to me over text was boxing is so stupid, and it, and it is. But, you know, he's willing to – and maybe I relate to this because in the basketball court, look, I'm able to cross over the lines in old guy pickup basketball and know that this is the only space in my life where I can be a raving asshole and it's okay because it's about the competition within those lines, right? So I'll get up in people's heads. I'll get up in their face. Yeah. I'll, I'll push those lines. I'll Billy Joe Saunders that shit. And then when we leave the court, hey, bro, it's great, you know, it's great hanging out with you because that's my battlefield, all right? Are you like Seymour Hirsch and what about along – or excuse me, along came Polly? Rain buckets or whatever the fuck he said, and then he would just yes, break it. Yes, uh, no, I'm a little bit more of a sweaty uh, underneath hog who boxes out and does the little things, does the dirt. I'm I'm a white Dennis Rodman, if you will, on that level. Who was the guy from uh, Georgia who played the big man who played for the Warriors? Todd ja Zsa Zsa, whatever his name is. Oh, Pachulia. Pachulia. Yes. The guy who, like, when you go up, undercuts your yes, knees. Yes. You're that guy. No, not necessarily. That's a lame, more of a lame beer style. I'm just, I'm the mind games guy. So I can respect what Billy Joe Saunders just pulled off. What we're lucky is that it wasn't a David Hay situation. Do you remember he had fights scheduled with Vladimir and well, those Vitaly are real. Klitschko? Those are real withdrawals. And he pulled out. Well, why have you seen the fluid? He pulled out of both of those, Luke. That joke. 
and then ultimately uh, finally cashed in. I, you know, I don't think this is what Billy Joe's doing. I think this is the biggest fight of his life. He knows it. Now he's ready. On uh, whatever, wherever the level of ready he needs to be, now he is. Let's have no excuses here. Fair let's. enough. All right, so let's go now to topic number two. The good news is that whatever the delay might be, it's not really substantial. So Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards, they were scheduled to fight in the first ever non-title five-round co-main event in UFC history. The good news is they are still going to be five rounds, whether or not it ends up being a main or co-main or whatever position it ends up occupying. It will still be five rounds at 175 pounds, but or 170 pounds, excuse me. But Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards is postponed until. I think UFC 263, which will be June 12th. Nate Diaz suffered an injury. Here's one thing that I don't see a lot of folks talk about. This is actually very unusual for the Diaz brothers. They have a very good record of showing up to fights without any kind of interruption in their training. When was the last time you recall them ever being in a situation? In fact, between the two of them, this is the only one I can think of more prominently. There may have been one on the smaller scenes. These guys have been fighting for a long time. I can't say with total accuracy that's true, but at least in the UFC runs for both of them, I don't recall them ever delaying a fight due to injury. However, BC, I also recall the moment, and this is true, when Nate Diaz fought Rafael Dos Anjos, and he went into that fight kind of messed up because he didn't w withdraw due to injury. Now, I think- And he got paid nothing. He got paid and nothing. And he got paid nothing. Well, here's what I was gonna say. I think Dos Anjos on that day would have won that fight no matter what, but certainly, certainly Nate being as injured as he was was a disaster for him. He decided to delay it a month. At this stage in his career, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Any any objection to the Iron Man streak sort of being no. broken here among and the look, Diaz he's, brothers? He's also older, and it, and it comes with that. And, you know, I know that, that Nate in the past, like, he still, look, he believes that he defeated Dustin Poirier in New York City that time that they never and fought. And Khabib. Yeah, because those guys ran from him. And normally if a Diaz is pulling out of a fight, it's because they didn't show up to the press conference. I'm okay with it. 262, which was originally on, which has the Chandler uh, Oliveira main event for the vacant title. It's still pretty damn good. Still pretty hard. good. You get Tony Ferguson. That, that pay-per-view does lose its star power, though. Nate was the biggest star on that card. Now, it's I, I, I listen, I think it's going to be in Texas. And I think there's going to be a big crowd there. Right What's the main event for this? This uh, where it's moving to June. Uh, Do 263. I look it up. Is I don't believe that that's Teixeira and uh, Blahovich. Is it? We'll, we'll get our crack research team on that, and by that I mean Luke's stubby fingers. All right, UFC 263. That is Adesanya Vittori. Yes. De yes. Deverson Figueredo and Brandon Moreno rematch. So that's in Arizona, right? Uh, yeah, the Gila River Arena, and. Yeah, please stop talking. Jay's uh, telling Jay. you, Jay, June 12th. Right I understand. Here. I already said that out loud. And then Demi and Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. So that made that card yeah. sick, dude. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Super sick. Um, that should be interesting. Should be really interesting. Yeah, just you don't, you don't see the Diaz brothers do this kind of a thing. I'm glad that they're going forward with the fight. It's a weird matchup that we didn't see coming, and there's a lot to gain for either guy. So I'm excited about this. All right, so now let's jump to the thing with the subtle marketing that they have <laughs> arranged I like for the us. De no, the desk is not. I mean, you you you. You turned this into a c catastrophe right before we were going to go live, Luke. Tell the people what happened. Nothing. You leaned your big meat hook on the dead, and the thing just imploded. I put my I put my fucking drink on it. I, I saw. Ma it is my drink like the like the hammer of Thor? You were like, all right, I'm ready for the show. Is it like the hammer of Thor? Only the worthy can lift it. Are you worthy? No. Uh, all right. So topic number three, which is really what we're here for, Bellator 258 storylines bc we yes. got a lot going on a huge storyline is the absence of romero we kind of know that 
turning that page just a little bit because there's nothing we can do about it at this point. The event is going to go still, forward. My, it's, still, it's still real to me. My heart still hurts. Well, me. the good news is that, as we talked about it before, they did keep Anthony Johnson on the yes. card. BC, it's just, listen, I know we're going to talk about it. The Bantamweight title fight, people are losing sight of how good it is. It's yet a demonstration. If you look at how good Bantamweight is globally in other promotions, here you can see also Bellator has a strong Bantamweight contest between Sergio Pettis and the champion Juan Archuleta on Friday night. But let's talk first about Rumble Johnson. It has to be. The biggest storyline in terms of fan attraction, what kind of rumble are we going exactly. to get? Exactly. Four years removed from his last fight. And let's be honest, it was against Daniel Cormier in a rematch for the UFC light heavyweight title. You could tell, Luke, that it, that like his heart wasn't in it. So maybe that was the good time to get away. He blew up in Wade. He worked on his, you know, his ventures outside of the cage. And now he's back on his own terms, and he's in sick shape. So you not only want to see... Has he added things to his game? Has the time away eroded big things in his game? You want to see how he responds to a new replacement in, uh, what's the guy's name? Jose Augusto? Uh, yes, Jose Augusto. From Brazil, who's, who's or you know, Jose, I guess. on a good run here. He's got submission ability. You certainly want to see what Rumble looks like. But I think the bigger storyline for Rumble is this, Luke. He was going to be one of those wild card guys when we looked at the favorites. Vadim Nemkov, your defending champion, the favorite, rightfully so. But it was Romero and Rumble who were like, whoever comes out of that fight, and if either one can look just more spectacularly dangerous than the rest of the group, more of a, a wild card firecracker, which is really the, the identity that both of those guys brought to this tournament, which is why them fighting together was going to be so sexy. But the, notwithstanding, I want to find out if Rumble is really the favorite in this tournament. If he goes out there and splatters, Augusto, which he may have trouble. We have no idea. That's part of the theater, part of what we want to see. But if he splatters him and at the very least shows you that he is a knockout threat like he's always been at any point against anyone, he may actually become the real sort of fight fan's favorite as he would enter into that fight with Nemkov in the semifinal round, where obviously whoever wins that one is your favorite. Nemkov's already your favorite if Rumble dazzles on Friday night. Could he end up being the new favorite? I really think so. Also, just consider this. Dude, if Rumble wins on Friday night, which odds makers expect him to do, his next fight is going to be for a Bellator light heavyweight title because he'll face Nemkov next in the tournament. Nemkov is your reigning champion, which means that if he wins it, he will defend it against the winner of Ryan Bader and uh, Corey Anderson. So, so, I so things are working out well. For, yeah, so so he really, he, I mean, I, I don't want to say he lucked out because we're kind of just completely looking past Jose Augusto when we, when we or Jose Augusto when we do this. But in fairness, I, you know, we... We don't know the situation with Rumble, but it appears from all evidence Mike Vaughn uh, went down there to Sanford MMA and talked to him. He appears to be in tremendous condition. Didn't take a beating the last five years. I'm not going to say it's like St. Pierre-like, but the four years St. Pierre off, uh, he had off, even though he was injured, he didn't come back you know, worn down. He didn't come back looking terribly lesser than himself. Here's what I think is possible for Rumble on Friday night. Not really the, sort of the, the setup of what comes next, he can't show you his total upside. It's not really possible against this kind of an opponent, we think, right? In all likelihood, this is not the guy to test us this. But if he can show us flashes of what was, he can certainly inspire confidence. He can tell us that the bottom has not dropped out on him. And then against Nemkov, well, then that comes the real deal. I don't want to call this a tune-up fight, BC, because when you face someone else on short notice, there's so many unknowns and things that can go wrong. But you gotta like your situation if you're yes. Rumble. You get in 
easier fight to come back to, which sets you up for a title shot against a very complete fighter. But at that point, you got your feet wet again. He's sitting in a very, very advantageous and position. And again, Pitbull Brothers MMA is the team that Augusto comes from. He's won five in a row since joining them. He's hungry. He's six for three. I mean, there's some things to like about him, but storyline-wise, it is all about Rumble. Storyline-wise, it is all about how this Bantamweight title main event I don't see how it cannot be fantastic, and I hope it's getting the attention it deserves because Sergio Pettis riding that three-fight win streak. He's fought everybody in the world in terms of uh, UFC flyweight during his run then, but now he's calling this the biggest fight of his career when he challenges Juan Archuleta. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who his last loss was to the pit bull up at weight class. He was at 145. He lost that, and then previously, it's all the way back in March of 2015. He's 20-1 and one since then. 20 wins, 20 one, one, one defeat since then. It's remarkable, and he, he beat Henry Corrales at 145 after losing to Patricio, then went back down to 135 and beat Patchy Mix, who I know some folks may not know, a guy out, I think he was with, previously with Jackson Wink. I think he's now at Extreme Couture. Either way, one of the best bit rising bantamweights anywhere in the world. Archuleta has a style, let's be real about it, that's not going to get fans eagerly lining up to demand more of his services. Why do you say that? Because he's got a volume style. He has a stick and move style. He's got a style built to go distance. He weaponizes cardiovascular conditioning. Don't get me wrong. You look at his knockout of uh, Eduardo Dantes. He can put hands on you. But when the fight gets tough against really talented guys, he has a stick and move style, which I have nothing against. I just understand fans are always going to gravitate to the big power kind of rock em, sock em dude. But Sergio Pettis is strategic enough, smart enough, and now I think developed enough. Remember, him versus 23 versus him versus 27, 28, he's just not going to be the same guy. If all you know of Sergio Pettis is his UFC run, you think to yourself, okay, he's talented, but maybe with some fatal mistakes. But that's just not who he is anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying he's perfect, of course, far from that. But he is, I'll say this, very grown up as a fighter. Yeah, I mean, we've known about him forever. You can always, in hindsight, wonder if we knew about him too early because his brother was the lightweight er, uh, champion of the world in the UFC at the time, and there was a lot of expectations that young Sergio could just follow right in that. And it's not that he failed those expectations, just that, like any young fighter, it took him time to figure it out. You do look back on his resume, though, Luke. He's got wins over... Chris Carriasso, Joseph Benavides. I mean, there's like, you know, three, four, five of those like very impressive wins, yet at a higher weight class, this is definitely a tough challenge. Bro, for he's him. got a win over Brandon Moreno. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was a unanimous that decision. That when ain't Joseph, easy. Joseph Benavides. Uh, and then, of course, in Bellator, he's beaten Alfred Kash. Kashakian? I'm not sure that was just a If you opening. can't pronounce it, is it really that good? But the big win? one he had last time was Ricky Bandejas, who yes. he kind of just totally outclassed on route to getting the to getting the title shot. So I gotta tell you, and by the way, 27 years old, he's 20 and 5. He won't be 28 till August. Um, so, so his last fight in UFC was what, 2019? So it was two years ago. Dude, he was tw he was 25 when he left the UFC. 25. I mean, that is nothing. That is absolutely nothing. <laughs> if he wins a title Friday night, and, you know, both Pettis brothers will have won world titles in major organizations. Have we seen that before? I mean, the Diaz brothers have had a hell of success along the way. Uh, Noguera brothers, okay. they both won titles in pride, I believe. I wonder I believe. where the Pettis brothers will rank all time in MMA brothers' impact history after the Fertitas, above the Millers. I don't know if they'll do that. I want to see, uh, did, did Little Nog win a belt? Uh, I don't remember if he did or not. Let's see. Uh, he um, he definitely won some jujitsu titles, so they have that. He represented boxing in Brazil. I'm trying to see. I'm going to go with no, Luke. Uh, he went to the quarterfinals. No, he never won a pride title. Sorry, so I was wrong about that. But, you know. He had some medals or some shit. I don't know. It's a good, it's a good family lineage, a good family history. I mean, what are the Thomases known for? 
Not winning titles, I'll tell you that much. Surliness and demanding to see the manager. And education. <laughs> and doing well in school. That's about it. Um, that's the only thing we're really good for. All right, so we, uh, any other storyline there? Oh, you know what? You know, rest of that card I actually like a little bit here. Let me pull it up, if I may, just a second. Um, I had it here. Here we go. So one thing I want to point out on the main card, which will open on Showtime, we started last time we had Paul Daly against Sabaho Masi, which is just an amazing fight. But what was key about that was it was 175 pounds. I've been a vocal advocate of making a 175-pound weight class because when I did the Luke Thomas show on SiriusXM, my producer and I, we did what was called a draft. We took all the names in the top 20 we could find for 155 and 170, and then we selected out a 165-pound division and then made 175 welterweight. Okay. So, right, so we have 155, 165, 175, and it turns out that if you just let people sort themselves, you may get imbalances. But if the organization takes time to actually sort it with a bit of a heavy hand, you can evenly distribute it, and it actually does really work pretty well. I don't know if Bellator's in the same position. I bring this up to say, BC, I like seeing a 175-pound weight class. I got to tell you. And here we have Michael Page taking on Derek Anderson. A tough fight for Michael Page. It's a real and, tough fight for and, Michael Page. It's very tough. And I got to say, at 175, only makes Derek Anderson actually more of a threat yeah, Derek, to Michael Page. Derek's won five of six. You know, he's got to win over somebody like a Patricky Pipple, who we'll see on this card as well. And even though this is the fight that could show us that Derek Anderson is for real in this division and would be his biggest win to date, and he would really advance forward into that you know upper core title picture which is Doug Lima the champion defending it against uh Yaroslav Amoslav Amosov. Amosov. Logan Sterling will be back on this card Friday night, so he's getting in position. But I think the bigger story is uh, referendum time on MVP. Like It's yeah. now or never, Luke, to not only gain the Doug Lima rematch, which is his goal, and it would be for the title if Lima still held it, obviously, but I think really to like live up to the hype and the potential and the highlight reel knockouts. And, you know, his only defeats... And his only defeat is one when he got knocked out by Douglas Lima in that wild fight. But I think the fight before that, when he edged Paul Daly, it got cr it critically was looked at as a that defeat. That fight sucked. Can because the fight that? sucked. And, you know, it's he's had a few of those in the past where he was beating guys who shouldn't have been in the fight with him, and he was just barely edging them. So he's had moments of up and down. Incredible highlights like you see breaking people's faces. Other times, not so much. It's time for him to figure out, Luke, the best version of him. And he may have to dial back the theatrics a bit. But he's 34. There's, there's still time. He wins this. He's freaking getting a title shot. You know it, Luke. You know at the end of the day he is because he's that marketable, and this is a top-five matchup between both. Probably. Derek Anderson's an interesting guy. been fighting since 2011, but not so, I mean, consistently, like, he's been in there for the years, but he didn't do a whole lot of work in the last few. In fact, he did fight in 2020, once in 2019, once in 2018. So he's not been super active, but what you've seen from him is sort of physical, well-rounded ability. Um, he's got 21 pro fights, so he's not a neophyte. Like, he's sort of been around the block. And I think it actually represents a pretty real threat to um, to MVP. But to the point about MVP, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's do or die. I, I tend to think the window's kind of closed, actually. Really? He's really? You think that he'll he'll never be that dude, that he's just a, a fun guy? That's what you're saying. He's 34 at 174. Five pounds, 170 pounds, which is not a death sentence. And, he, and to your point, has not had a ton of miles put on him by virtue of the way he fights and some of the matchmaking that he's gotten. But at 34, like now is going to be the time you break out? Maybe. I tend to think not. See, I think it's not as much anymore about the breakout. I don't think he's going to become a global star. I think he had potential. I think there were moments. Remember he put out that weird Ronda Rousey uh, dance video after she got knocked out? Vaguely. Um, but I think it's more about getting the title chance, you know, in the rematch. I, like, I don't think he matches up 
horrifically bad with Douglas Lima. It's a fight that the odds will tell you no. he should lose every time, but he's a threat, and, and that fight was a little bit wild where obviously Lima couldn't just go and, and you know, walk through that despite the, the very uh, definitive finish there. But um, I don't know. I, MVP's got to show me something. I'm still willing to believe, okay? Maybe he's one of those nine lives guys like I am with Adrian Broner where you can talk me into another comeback. Uh, also on this card, Patricky Friday is back. By the way, his last fight, I think, was a loss at Rising. I want to tell you something about Patricky Friday. Friday. Uh, uh, Friday. Friday. <laughs> you ain't it's got Friday. no job. You ain't got shit to uh, do. Take I, it on, take it on SBG's Peter Queeley. I'm not, if I mispronounce it's Peter it, Queeley, the showstopper from SBG. And by the way, we saw his compadre, uh, James Gallagher. We did see uh, him At the hotel, night. at the at the uh, fire pit outside there. Shout yeah. out to that guy. Not... Yeah, not um, engaging in the healthiest behavior I'd ever seen. <laughs> I would have asked him to see his DMs if he hadn't walked out as soon as he saw us. But, uh, yeah, the whole he definitely point, did not want to chat. The whole point about it is I hosted the uh, Bellator virtual media press conference last week, and one thing I asked Scott Coker on it, Luke, is this whole idea that Patrike Friday, who's won five in a row under the Bellator banner, then he went to Risen and he was 2-1 and one during those cross-promotion fights uh, in recent years. But this is the best version of Patrike Pitbull. You know, he's, he, like his brother, the, the savage ability and the aggression that he shows has mesh, me, uh, meshed nicely with the experience that he's gained. He wants a title shot at lightweight so they're sh bad. They're showing neither of them on the screen. Yeah, so that's, that that's Archuleta. That's there. Archuleta and Patchy Mix, but okay. That's, that's Jay's Purdue. That's all right. So my point here is this, Luke. Do you remember when we had... Patricio Pipple on this desk during the announcement of the Showtime deal. I like and violence. We, yeah, we yeah. said, you know, how's your brother going to get a title shot? He said basically that he'd be willing to vacate it when Patricky was ready if, okay. if, if Bellator would guarantee him. I asked Scott Coker on last week's media call, what are we going to do about this? He said, I'm not, I'm not, uh, it's not out of the question that they fight each other. And I was like, oh, ho, ho, ho. he's like, He's like, I'm telling you, it's not out of the question. Dude, that'd be righteous. That they fight. We've never, we've seen teases of this. The Shamrock brothers, who aren't even actually birthed, but they're, they're adopted. Ken Shamrock and Frank, and they weren't even in the same weight class. But remember, they wanted to do it as more of a publicity son. We've never seen, we wanted the Klitschko's to do it. It was never going to happen. We've never seen brother versus brother for, like, something legitimate. I mean, this would be like Serena and, and uh, Venus, you know, in the U.S. Open final. I mean, this would be insane. Is this family savage enough where they can say, we'll suspend? The you know the love for each other. I and think I think they are. Would that get ten times more viewers than it normally would because of that weird element to it? I gotta tell you though, like you know, it was another weird brother fight that just made me sad. Do you remember when um who was the this was when it was uh, World Series of Fighting, not PFL? Who was the crime fighter? The guy who got dressed up. I don't remember. And his brother, who previously fought in UFC for a time, Carlos Fodor, was one of the brothers. The other one was. What was his name? Oh, Does I remember, remember this. I had him on my did show. Did they end up fighting each other? They did end up fighting each other, and it was the saddest shit ever because I had one of the brothers on my show, and he was like, yeah, we, you know, we, I think they're adopted too, or they have different, you know, they're not exactly, they have the same mother, same father, whatever the situation is. And they had real beef as a family, and they wanted to fight it out, and it just made them sad about the state of their family. Like, I would say this to Bellator. If That's you, some Jerry Springer bullshit, Yeah, right? dude, it was, but like in a real way where you actually was like, oh, God, this is kind of pathetic. If you're going to do that fight, I need assurances your family is okay. <laughs> uh, our producer, Mikey Mormile, texted Phoenix Jones. Phoenix Jones. So it was Phoenix Jones and Carlos Fodor were fighting, or the guy who plays Phoenix Jones. That was sad and really, I'm not, you know, exploitative, I don't know, because both guys signed up for it, but... Yeah, but, but it's exploitative too. Yeah. It's way different than that. That seems like that was no, also no, done. I'm not for saying I'm not saying it's the same. What I'm saying is, if you're gonna put on a fight between brothers, 
Just make sure everything's hunky dory. But ahead the of thing time. about the pipples is that you know they we think we thought they were twins incorrectly for a long time. You know what I mean? Because they look so similar, their yeah. styles are so similar. Man, I mean, this ain't tennis. I've, <laughs> it's interesting to see if two brothers could ever pull that off in an entertaining manner in which both actually went for it and didn't just try to out wrestle each other. And would the public receive that? Well, it'd be such an interesting experiment. Maybe Dada forty-five thousand could be the referee. Uh, is that how much he weighs at this point? He's just an unbelievably obese man. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, all right, also on the prelim card, people don't know this. Josh Hill, who only has three losses on his record, he's 20 and three. Two of those came to Marlon Moraes in, in World Series of Fighting. And one of those by decision. He's actually a pretty good fighter, taking on Ralphie and Stotts. You know him? No. So Ralphie and Stotts is this, uh, I think he was Division Two national champion. I, I think that's right. Um, hell of an athlete, hell of a wrestler out of Duke Rufus's gym. Mm putting the beat down on people. That's a name that I don't see a lot of people discussing. Do you think he made Phil Brooks sweat a few times? Oh, I think he's given Phil Brooks the business more yeah, than a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. Um, he is a very good fighter. Keep your eye out. That's the main event of the prelims. Also on there, previous champion, Rafael Carvalho, taking on Lorenz Larkin. Lorenz Larkin is back. Holy shit. Yeah, Carvalho had left the organization. They brought him back for this fight. So right. this is a big opportunity for him, Luke, against a name to really, you know, Make a comeback. And Lorenz, of course, at 185 pounds, not 170. And then Patchy Mix, who I just mentioned, taking on late replacement Albert Morales. It was supposed to be James Gallagher, who is here, um, but not part of that. And then we saw him in the line, Logan Storley taking on Omar Hussein. Now, Logan Storley, to me, if you guys didn't see it, the Yaroslav Amasov fight, maybe one of the best fights Bellator's ever put on at welterweight. I do mean that sincerely. Incredibly competitive, really, really good. High pace, technical, technical very good. shit. Yeah. And Sto Storley, I thought. I thought that Amosov was the rightful winner, but it was dicey. It was very, very close. I think they got it right. They got it right. They got it right. But would you say this? He gave Amosov everything he could handle. Yeah. Hundred percent. And so he's back. He's another top prospect in my mind. Division one national champion, the whole nine yards. So um, Henry Corrales is on the card. And he then looks Gojito. like he has country strength. Yeah, he looks like uh, he's got a high butt too. You know what I mean? He's got the hammies. I wasn't looking at the man's backside. I, dude, <laughs> the front is for the front is for show. The back is for go. That's what they always say in weightlifting. So when you see someone's got a big old traps <laughs> and a big old rear end. Do they say that at Latina nightclubs as well? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that allowed? They was, might as well. Was I allowed to say that? Okay. They might as well. Uh, and that's it. Okay, so that's it for that story. We'll have more coverage all week long. 250 Eastern today is the live Bellator 258 interview special. So tell your friends. Live on YouTube. Don't miss it. All right, real quickly, I just wanted to get to this here. I don't think it's all that interesting, but it's worth a mention. The California State Athletic Commission is looking to add MMA fighters to this boxer's pension that they have. So here's how this works. They established, this is only relevant in California. This is not relevant in any other state. But what California does is they uh, take 88 cents on the dollar for ticket sales. So from the gate, and they put it at a max capacity of 4,600 per event. And that pension is established. I think it sits at around five and a half million or so. And they eventually cut checks for different f uh, uh, fighters who qualify. And there's rules about qualifying, how many times you fought in California, how consecutive. Is that uh, if you're a retired fighter and you don't have enough income and you need a, a or I, is it like to cover your medical? Like what is So it? I don't think it's, I, 
the the way the checks have been written seems to be that there has to be some kind of medical issue, but yeah. it can cover a pretty wide array of life challenges. I don't think it's if you're just poor but you have no health ailments, they'll cut you a check. But we would have to get more clarification on that. I wonder the, if it can get you a medical marijuana license. Dude, you don't need one in California. Just show up. Shouts to the herbarium, and they've got some good stuff over there. Anyway, the point being is this, BC. They, they, they have not added it yet, but they want to add MMA fighters to this. And so there have been times where fighters have been cut five, sometimes six-figure checks to address some of these issues. My takeaway from the story, BC, it's pretty simple. It's that is what California is doing a good thing, incontestably? Do I think that a $4,600 tax is going to drive – maybe that's per event – is that going to drive away the UFCs and the Bellators? Only California could get away with it because they have so much MMA in that state. The volume is so huge. They can kind of tell the bigger promoters, this is how business works here, and they're really not going to change any of that. But it does keep, for me, highlighting a simple reality, which is everybody but the fighters wants to do something for the fighters. And <laughs> Really, is that a knock at Daniel Cormier saying John Jones shouldn't get paid? I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, it's just a totally indefensible position. But, but BC, don't you understand what I'm saying here? It's like, yes. it's like, is this a good thing they're doing? Yes. Well, it, it may majorly impact the occasional fighter's life, of course. And in that sense, we applaud it. But is this really at scale any kind of well, change? Well, you got to start no. somewhere. Look, you got to start freaking somewhere. But, so this but, is a positive. But hold on. But even at its, you're right. You got to start somewhere. But you know, it's not about this process. However big the fighter's pension in California gets, it's never going to be big enough to cover what we need at scale for broader fighter support. That has to come from actual fighters yes. taking command of their own leverage. Everyone else can help them a little. Because Endeavor ain't going out of their way to give that up. No, it turns out that they're not. Yeah. They're not going to do that. They like to keep costs low, which yes. you can understand. Definitely. Most businesses do, especially if it's legal to do that, which, by the way, it is. Fighters are left alone when their career is over and their career ends at a very young age and uh this is a again a very good step in the direction we need to go that's all the analysis you have that's that's pretty much all i've got inside Do you got any analysis on triller giving out like a uh, a grace period this was to turn an yourself interesting in way to handle streamers so we know that triller popped a lawsuit out of nowhere and went after uh you know, streamers not in di not different to what UFC had recently done and made big headlines. UFC though was seemed a little bit more focused on the the providers. You know, the like the not the local drug dealers, but the larger sort of cartel members. Whereas Triller was like, they just want to handcuff everyone and say, look, here's the deal: we're going to offer you this very ridiculously large fine for having streamed that illegally, or you can just pay back what you should have done and order the pay per view. Pay us that price. I think that's interesting because it's it's designed to retain customers. It's designed to say. I could have hurt you bad here, or I could have made you do this bad, but I'm going to let you out just to buy this, so maybe you'll feel good about this, and you'll keep buying this. I kind of like that idea. Is it different than giving the first one free in the drug uh, drug dealing game? How the fuck would I know? I don't believe any of this bullshit. I don't believe they're going to actually go after customers. I think there, There's a lot of really good things that you don't believe about life. Yeah, the ones that are false, that just sound nice. That those ones. Hope, love, <laughs> optimism. Listen, I didn't. I've I've seen the Notebook. It, you know, that's not how shit goes. I can't tell you're. T you look tan in the video, but very jaundiced in person. I yeah. Can't, you balance this out. Right yeah, now. I don't quite get it either. It's something wrong with the white balance. Um, also, is there? Can we put another Bellator logo on here? I don't <laughs> think. 
<laughs> I don't think there's quite enough Bellator on the actual screen. Um, How about that piece of artwork over there in the corner? They that? got some fat guy over there yeah. who is apparently uh, famous. Can we get, I don't can we get that fat guy in a little coat, please? That's, that is they, they've literally got some, uh, he, by the way, he's probably some Native American chief. Who runs yeah, the I mean, show. I mean, of course, of course. Now we get, you know. Now that we're saying awful things about his weight and we're fat shaming him. Um, all right, I don't really give a fuck about this story. Uh, last but not least, we have some announcements and some rumors going on in the world of UFC. We'll get to some of them here. So just tell me what you think very quickly. I love this fight, tough fight for Louis Smolka, but um, he could do well. Sean O'Malley versus Louis Smolka taking place at UFC 264. That'll be, of course, a bantamweight contest um it's interesting it's an interesting fight uh sean o'malley really needs to c continue to show us things in a short period of time to regain luke everything that was lost he seemed to, to get a lot of it back in this in this return this right comeback fight this is a tough fight for smoker but it's winnable do you think uh so look i i looked at it at, at its surface and i said okay you know cool fight whatever but you know i was talking to our cbs sports brethren there are our, our editors and, and you know their, their reaction was uh another fight for O'Malley against somebody who's on a losing skid, there was some weird comparison of is this UFC's version of MVP. I didn't agree with that. No, not at all. He's already fought tougher competition than that. And also, uh, partly it's, you know, this is, it, you always got to remember with matchmaking, is this the first choice of the matchmakers? When they went to the board, did they say Sean O'Malley versus, ah, I know, uh, it'll be Louis Smoka? Could have been. My hunch is that they wanted to keep both guys busy they're probably at not too far apart. It's in a busy division, but it's it's deep though with names, so that's the only argument. Like I like but, yeah, the fight who, who at the surface. We don't know. We don't know who turned down who. We have no idea. We have no idea. Don't people like Aldo, Edgar, Faber? Uh, a lot of old names that need fights, right? You want to put Sean O'Malley versus Frankie Edgar after that fucking fight against? No, not after that fight. That's no, a no, terrible not idea. Not that's a terrible yeah. idea. Maybe uh, I'll go back to just looking, uh, uh, you know, rock lobster here. And I mean, could you be redder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Donald Cerrone is going to face, he was supposed to face Diego Sanchez at uh, UFC and ESPN 24. It will instead be sort of like workman-like fighter out of uh, Fortis MMA who continues to get better. Um, haven't seen anything too special, I hate to say that, but you know, he's, he's, a, he's a tough out. Alex Morno Doesn't do a ton for me. Uh, how, uh, ba how bad would this be a loss for Cowboy in your eyes? I think it's very winnable for Morno. I think it's very winnable. But would this be would this be the end? He'd be close to it. Yeah, he'd be I mean, he's got a lot of miles, bro. Yeah, he's got a lot of miles. And at least the Diego Sanchez, which was the original fight for Cowboy, you get the storyline wise. And again, that, that's always my ask. If you're gonna still promote guys who who have very little left in the tank, but are still legends, we still love seeing them fight. Put them against each other. I always say that. I get in this situation, it's last minute booking, so it sort of is. Uh, oh, remember, he gave Pettis that really tough fight at the beginning, and Pettis kind of came back. But you can see he wasn't totally out. I mean, when Pettis got going, you could tell he was a lot better. But early on, Morno had enough smarts to, like, really take the fight to him, and that was that, that played well early. Um, he just has to be able to last. I'm not going to let home. you go any further in the show, Luke, without addressing the Diego Sanchez interview he did with uh, Anthony XM. Smith and uh, was it RJ, RJ Clifford? RJ Clifford yeah. was the host. Um, those, that's your old stomping ground. This this interview got a lot of mileage. I haven't listened to it, but I've read some of the poll quotes, and basically, it's Diego Sanchez saying outright, uh, "Don't be surprised if I show up dead in the next two years, and it will be the UFC's doing." Yeah, he's Is got. That, he's got. Are you allowed to say that a lot? He's got problems. You know, we want to say. Honestly, dude, we should have a conversation about this for just a second. Like, I'm, I'm really not sure how to cover Diego because we can sit here and do this shit all day with the stuff he and his people say. We know it's 
It's crazy. So you want more Jake Paul, less Josh Fabia on this show? I don't think it's an either or. Um, but um, don't you seriously for a second, dude? It's, how do it, you cover somebody who appears to be lost in the sauce a little bit? And I'm trying to say that as nicely as I can. You kind of have to just say it for what it is. Like it's not really worth piecemealing the individual claims anymore. It's more about. I mean, the thing dude, is, dude. If there's no one in his life giving him good, good advice, like this is gonna get way fucking worse. It, it will, and and I think he's just like a unique character in this. Sadly, that I mean, he said crazy shit back when the days were good too. So, right. Um, yeah. This is sort of wild. Um, Ali 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 Abdelaziz, excuse me, has tweeted apparently that Colby Covington has the chance to make himself the number one contender after Nate versus Leon was postponed. Now it wasn't postponed very much; they pushed it back about a month. What the hell's going on in the title picture? Didn't Dana say Colby's next, and, yeah. he, and he defended it at the press conference after the fight? Yes. After Usman's last fight. Yes. And then then suddenly uh, Kamaru was like, "I don't think he deserves it." I understand Kamaru's point. He's like, "These guys need to show me something." If you're Kamaru. What did Colby do? He beat a Tyron Woodley that you had already beat. Granted, he did it by finishing him, so I guess it was a little bit more authoritative. But, you know, he did enough at the time to render himself relevant. Plus, it's a bigger fight you can make for money. But I understand his point. Like, I've beaten all these guys. In fact, remember, you can say what you want about the stoppage, but Kamaru did stop him and was on the way to winning that fifth round cleanly no matter what. Why do I have to fight these guys again when there could be other interesting names well, out there? He's just waiting for another. I think, honestly, here's what I, here's what I think. I think if uh, Vittori wins at 185, he's going to want a piece of that. Wow, so he's looking really to to double down on his, you know, his, the peak of his powers right now at age 33. I think he, dude, let's think on this. Dude, he's, who's, who, who's he chasing at this point? Hughes? No, he's chasing St. Pierre at this point. You got to go up and get a belt in another weight class to do that. I mean, that would be, a, a he, again, a monster power move. It just doesn't look great when when you say Colby doesn't deserve it. Colby's the guy who nearly beat him, right? Colby's the guy who pushed him, the only guy who's been competitive enough to actually push him the damn limit before getting stopped in that fifth round. So... I think um, if it was somebody that didn't bring any marketability for him to, you know, I, I get that he's just coming off a rematch that didn't need to happen against Masvidal, and he handled his business, meaning Usman, in a big way. But, you know, he didn't necessarily, like, love that fight. This is an opportunity for it to be a much more competitive fight, though. I get saying, well, maybe we should do Michael Chiesa and stay busy, but as much as I love Matt, Mike the Mav, people don't want that fight. They want this fight. And if Dana's right. behind it, it's going to happen, right? I agree. I agree. I tend to think it will. I mean, when these guys, go, you have to understand something. Like, when these managers and these fighters go out, and it's not just Ali, it's any, any of them, any of them, and they say it's who we want or what we're going to do, you know, how, it's not that they're not telling the truth. They they are telling you what they it's feel. It's a chess move. Right. It's a chess move. It's a way to put pressure and create conversation and prime the pump for a direction that they want the UFC to ultimately go. But that's really what they're trying to do is get outside factors to influence UFC's decision-making around us. Now, yes, fighters can turn it down, but if you're a champion, you know, there's, I mean, if you're going to pass up on the Colby fight, you gotta, you need to have a good reason for that. If there were another contender that really stood out, and I do think Kiesa is close, I do think he's close, but not over the hump yet yeah, to be so that number it, one contender? I don't want it to look like Kamaru is ducking Colby because I don't think he is. I don't and, think he is either. Kamaru, dude, he's my number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. He's at such a great position right now. I, I, I just don't want to see any missteps there. And it, it, I Just be honest, right? We always tell Dana, just be honest, and we'll judge you on the result of that. Don't make us have to believe and assume that you're yeah. up to no good here. So wouldn't you want him to just say what she said before? I'm never fighting my brother, Adesanya. But hey, if Adesanya loses, yeah, I'm coming in there, Klitsch, go, Klitschko go. brother style, to fix that. Right, it, it, you know. I think he, I think he definitely has design, Ooh. but I don't think he ever wants to fight Adesanya, which you can understand. Uh, Derek Brunson has apparently, at least he claims to have, 
agreed to a fight with Darren Till. Where are you on a Till versus Brunson fight? It's okay. I like it. it, it I like it more than I don't like it. I'll tell I you. don't like the fight in the sense that the fight itself wows me. I like the fight in what it would say about the winner. It's valuable for the winner in either case, either Till beating Brunson, who's I think a lot more we would agree in the way he beat Shabazian, for example, and then Kevin Holland, much more um, disciplined, doesn't make as many mistakes. If Brunson is able to keep that up and beat Till, you have to respect what that revolution, not revolution, excuse me, that reformation might mean. On the other hand, if Till gets out there and can stop a guy who is reformed to a degree like Brunson, it would say a lot of good things about the abilities of the winner. It's just that the fight itself wouldn't necessarily excite me. Well, it also slows the roll to the idea that Darren Till gets uh, an extra boost from the UFC in terms of opportunities, right? You know, this this is the kind of right. way you, this would be him earning a step closer to the title rather than being put in a spot where if he wins, he might be the next title right. challenger. This so. is a this is a it's a hugely important fight. You would agree. But in terms of pomp and circumstance, very lunch pail kind of, um, but could be good. Hey, speaking of Edmund Shabazian, who spent the last year as the bassist in that band, um, Edmund in the head movements. Yeah, he's back Saturday. System of a down. Yes. Yes. Uh, and by the way, Ocho Cinco, is this going to be on the um, Showtime Mayweather Paul card? Uh, yes, on the undercard of the pay-per-view, uh, a four-round exhibition bout for Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco, um, who he's been wanting to do this for a while. So now, uh, Is he going to fight a pre-diabetic gas station attendant? Who's uh, he going to fight there? I don't know, but uh, I, w I was actually hoping for more from Ann Eason Gibb, Ann Eason Gibb, the, <laughs> the British YouTuber and rapper who lost, or did, I don't, did he lose to Jake Paul? I Jake don't Paul's even know. Debut? I didn't even know who he was. I, I was, was just, expecting I was just more words. firepower for him to come back at you, maybe start a war against Armenians or something, right? I don't think anyone wants to do that. No, uh, wants I will say that. this. Did you know Did you know today in the second leg of the Champions League semifinals, Real Madrid plays Chelsea? I bring it up, BC, because did you know Chad Ochocinco is a monster Real Madrid fan to the point for being sport, he has done sideline reporting at Real Madrid games in Madrid? Did you know that? You want to go to the Waterbury Open on Saturday? Yeah, I'll meet you there. Connecticut, Spain. Connecticut, <coughs> Spain. Also, Luke, um, Connecticut is the boil on my ass. Felix Verdejo, that's a, that's a bad story. Right? <laughs> oh God. Okay, that's a tough. What do you want to say about point. that? We, we, okay. I just want to say that, like, we know what happened. It happened. There's not much we can really say about it, but he was denied bail. He's the 27-year-old uh, fighter who's under contract with Top Rank. It's an insane story. Uh, in Puerto Rico, the the lightweight who looked to be the next big thing then had some hiccups. Uh, he has been charged with. Murder? He's been charged with kidnapping that led to murder. He's been charged with murder. And He's been charged in, with weapon. In, in the in his mistress who had approached no, him. No, it was his, his girlfriend. Well, okay, but who had approached him and his wife and said that uh, yeah that she was pregnant and there was talk about it. There was just just it's so crazy. I mean, he even he even shot her body after throwing her in the water. It's, the details are as disturbing as you can freaking imagine. This is basically a, a movie and a sick movie. At just that. the only the only thing for fans to think about here is if, if he's guilty of these crimes, then you know. He, by the way, if if found guilty, he is. It's a federal charge. The feds don't lose murder cases, so I think he's boxed his and last round. And he expedited round. this quick, quickly. Yeah, I think. Quick. I, well, I think. Well, what happened was the guy who helped him do it turned on him. Yes. That is so, are uh, again allegedly did it? Just like I will turn on you one day. I'm sure. I have no doubt you're a snitch. Um, I am Canadian. Or <laughs> <laughs> at least half. I, I will say this, BC. The, the details are so heinous. It's one of those crimes that shocks your conscience. The only thing I would ask you about is, and obviously, top rank has so many irons in the fire. Losing Verdejo is not necessarily uh, calamitous in any kind of way, but is there any way for folks to understand 
what is, is there an MMA equivalent? What did he represent for top rank in the division he competed in? Like, what? How good was he? There, there was a season where he was. And look, there's a gap right now in Puerto Rican boxing for like the star of the moment. Who's the, the biggest Puerto the, Rican boxer right now? Well, there, there is Berlanga? none at the moment, and Berlanga's rising. There, you know, you, you always had your, you know, your Benitez, your your Cotto, your Trinidad, whoever it was at the moment. He was really anointed to be that next guy, and it's not like top rank wasn't already transitioning away from him and realize look he's had two losses both by stoppage the second one to uh to nakatani the guy that loma's gonna fight next uh you know he he had that fight in his hands and he, and he got stopped late so he's already kind of been a disappointment in a project gone south but you know at his original peak and being propped up good god he was like the next giant big thing and when you're the next uh when you become anointed by the fans of a nation like puerto rico which has such a uh, deep-rooted passion in this sport. I mean, it means everything. I don't think there's an MMA equivalent, Luke. I mean, I really don't, you know? Like, you know, we in, unless there's going to be some young Brazilian phenom rising up and then everybody's talking about him, and it, it, maybe that's fan-based comparison-wise. There's that same passion, but... Mm -hmm. But no, it's just a, I don't even want to talk about you know his career. I don't want to talk about it. So let's move on. Uh, last but not least, thank you. I appreciate that. Last but not least, uh, PFL is back, BC. And they have an event tomorrow night. Kayla Harrison competes on it as part of the women's lightweight tournament. And then at heavyweight, did you know she uh, has adopted her? I her did. We, we we were we had that on uh, our interview on MK. We talked about this. That right. That's why that was funny because th that you know. Yeah, I but it's an old interview. joke. We've done it already. You don't have to do it again. Oh, okay. Um, and Fabricio Verdum is on. Level of interest in this. I'm going to give PFL the benefit of the doubt because those first two shows of this season, again, I told you I'm kind of becoming a PFL fan. They're, they're, they're doing something right so far, and there is enough uh, name recognition and star power to get me in the building. I love watching Kayla Harrison fight. Verdum in the main event is interesting. Who is his opponent? Henan Fajera. Is this a winnable fight for him? Fajera is a guy, believe it or not, in a Brazilian biopic about somebody else. Fajera. Biopic? Bio a biopic, yes, as you incorrectly call it. Yeah. Uh, in the biopic, uh, Fajera played Fabrizio Verdum. Did you know that? Isn't that weird? Really? That's yeah. wild. That's full circle, right? Uh, also on that card, this is the most important fight on that card, if you ask me. It's not the Kayla Harrison versus Mariana Morais fight. Uh, the brother of Kamar Usman, who's a heavyweight, Mohammed yes. Usman, is on this card. What do you know over. about his game? How's his game? Uh, he is—he's a lot like his brother. He's all pressure forward. Um, he has a different body type. You know, Francis looks a little bit like body type-wise. Uh, Usman. Nobody looks like Francis. Well, you know, I mean, both bricked up, not a lot of fat on him. His his brother is a little bit more like I would say lineman than linebacker. But still, all athletes. A little more Art Jones than. A little more Art Jones than Chandler. Yes, yes. <laughs> How about that? A little more Art Jones than Chandler, but but very athletic, very good, top prospect. Trains at Sanford MMA. Definitely one to keep your eye on there with him as well. Uh, and then Cindy Dandois, it takes on Caitlin Young, who's a longtime pioneer. Caitlin Young was one of my first interviews back in like 2006. She was an MMA pioneer at the time. She's still competing. Was a uh, Invicta matchmaker for a time. I think I don't know if she still does it or not, but um, she's been a good fighter for a long time there as well. All right. Uh, okay, BC, I think with that, it is time. Oh, here we go. Ad read. Which, which camera do I look into? Do I look, do I look into this one? You're supposed to make these feel natural, as yeah. if, Luke, you're just sharing an opinion okay, with Okay, ready? Natural AF. The Champions League is close to crowning a champion. With the second leg of the semifinals this week, Brian Campbell, the K Golasso podcast provides previews, recaps, analysis, and betting tips for Champions League and Europa League, which is like the NIT of Europe. 
Listen in as the team chats with UEFA team insiders to give their picks on which team takes home the Champions League title. Could they put teams in there more? Follow <laughs> K Galasso wherever you find this podcast. All right, very good. What show are we uh, here for? Okay, got it, got it. Yes, we're here for the Bellator MMA Showtime podcast, which is what this show is called. All right, Luke, let me slide over so the Showtime thing gets more view from the people here. Um, I'm going to close this now, and uh, it's time. I don't it know what's time. about to happen here. So here's the deal, folks. Uh, not only is this the best segment in all of combat sports, every Wednesday, the wheel of death. Why Why do we do this? Because Luke Thomas can be a flaming prick when it comes to... This is so unfair. ...to things being on the rundown or not. Things that, you know, his producer credit, he approves. So I provide 10 categories and five spins of the wheel, Luke, to get good faith answers to decently <laughs> faith written questions. This time, though, because you've complained, I want to spin that wheel. Yes. Uh, I want to have a chance to pick a category, which, we, right. which we, we, I've worked that in. We have, the Purdue people here, great people of, of Show Malka, have given us. Now, I, I requested a Gracie Brothers train to deliver this They're thing They're not going to do that. They're not going to do everybody in a row. That I said it had to be male-female alternating. I thought that was fair. Hey, here's Showtime's Matt Snyder. Let's bring him in here. All, All right. right, there's our. This All is right, the guy Snidey. that makes that before us. So, Luke, you may see this may wheel I, has. May I take a look here? Has 14 spots as opposed to 10. One of them takes up two spots. So we have some bonus. You know, in Wheel of Fortune, you can get bankrupt, lose a turn, whatever. Yes. Yes. Uh, the 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 bonus ones are Luke Choice. If you hit that, you get to pick a category. Okay. Uh, so when I pick that, I can pick other categories here. Yes. Okay. Uh, a bonus category is uh, apologize to Jay and also. Uh, I'm, never, I'm never going to do Watch that. Jay dance. So 10 oh, categories, fuck. Luke. For the first time ever, you will actually get what you freaking get here. Oh, let me read the. Can I read the uh, the 10 categories for okay. you? Okay. All right, hold on. Let me just. I like it. how you wrote them on with your fucking chicken scratch. Okay, here we go. Uh, our 10 categories for this week's Wheel of Death are Trevor never met her. Libyan plutonium. They don't have any. Bad Moon Risen. So much showgirls. The Cosell of MMA. Oh, God. Ketchup popsicles. Welter Skelter. Keeping her off the pole. Oh, God. Dana, fuck. <laughs> Dana White. These fruit flies. Dana White was never my friend. <laughs> and everyone's favorite, taking up two spots on the wheel this week, impromptu improv, Luke. Yes. Ashley, could you bring in more fruit flies? They don't have enough here. <laughs> Okay, Luke, if you would spin your first spin, five spins. All right, you so get I have what to, apparently, get. according to this sign, I have to spin clockwise in order for this to work. So let's try this. Ready? Yep. Give a manly spin, okay? Like, like, uh, prices right here. I didn't put a whole lot into it. What's that? Impromptu. Impromptu improv. Oh, Woo! fuck. All right. Hey, I need more flies landing on my face. This is not enough. Where are we? Mogadishu? Come on. Where's the full? Good job on this, PC. You really. This thing is I had, they didn't, they didn't <laughs> it's moving along great. Hang with me here. I'll find could, it. Could you be redder? You are turning into the red <laughs> of the MMA sign behind you. Violet, I'm feeling violet, Violet. Yeah, okay. Here we go, Luke. Um, I'm almost there. I like this dead air. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have uh, picks that will associate with this, but here's my long preamble, Luke. All right. This one is about respecting our champions, those who have blood and sweat and art for if our entertainment. If this is something I have to do where I have to talk to Joanna, you can, you can <laughs> cram it. You can <laughs> cram it. In this, wild, <laughs> in this wild world of professional MMA journalisting. I hate you. That goes for you too, Luke. That goes for the most decorated <laughs> UFC women's strawweight champion. You're so, <laughs> you're so 
fucking <laughs> predictable. In the history of the free world, Joanna Champion. So, Luke, as you saw this week, she posted pics, Luke, of a I gnarly gash she suffered during training. In fact, you texted them to me with a very mean response. <laughs> and if you really think about it, Luke, the recent rise in the celebrity gets paid to talk to a fan scam it with, with what we call cameo. Yeah. Um and how hilariously people use it to say, to say things to celebrities that they wouldn't normally say, Luke, okay? Yeah. Um, here we go. They just want your money at the end of the day. So let's imagine Luke Thomas created his own Cameo account. Why? Because little boy blue, Luke. He needed the money. Fucking phenomenal. Uh, Luke, <laughs> imagine one young Baltic MMA fan who saw Ioana's IG saw the injury, had a bad day because of it, and wanted you, prominent MMA journalist Luke Thomas, who has his own cameo page, to record a message giving the former champion encouragement during this tough time physically. For this week's impromptu improv, Luke, look into the camera, and you have 60 seconds or less to deliver that cameo message to, to Joanna. Jay, can we play the pictures first so that people know what the hell we're talking about? I don't want to tell you how to direct the show, though. Oh, and final thing, the young Baltic fan who sent in the, uh, the paid for the cameo, Brian C. from Factory Town MMA, okay? Uh, Jay, can you put the pictures up? I'm not, doing, I'm not doing 60 seconds. You might get six seconds. Jay? Jay doesn't have pictures. Uh, this segment's great. going, that's it's going it's very great. well. That's great. Okay, so Luke, uh, cameo video from a young Baltic fan. Please send an encouragement to Ioana Champion for that gash she suffered during well, the let me, let me ask you a question. Into so your who, ISO camera. Hold on, hold on. So who, I'm recording it, who is the, who is the customer? The young Baltic MMA fan, and his name is Brian C. So I'm, I'm addressing it to Brian C.? No, you're addressing it to Ioana Champion. Okay? For Brian C.? No, for the world, Luke, okay? That doesn't, that's not how cameo works. That's how it can work. I've done it. Go ahead, Luke. Please ruin this segment more. <laughs> I don't want to do this. All right, uh, the ISO cam? Yep, here right. we go. Just to be clear, I'm only, I'm only doing this because there's a gun to my head, metaphorically speaking. Um, I'm never going to like you, um, but I don't wish anything bad. So get good health care treatment <laughs> for your ailments. So that I don't have to do shit like this anymore. Um, go Rose. Go Whaley. Wow. Go the rest of that division. Well, Luke, yeah. since this is your life this week, we actually have her. Can we connect the Skype on Zoom so he can deliver the... I'm Luke, I'm just kidding, okay? Yep. All right, spin number two, Luke. Let's see if we, we don't get shut down before this. All right, here we go. Ready? This is kind of weird because I have to backhand it. These are not. These are not good. These are not good. Another one. Can I spin that again? Spin it again, Luke. That's bullshit. Here we go. Unless you want to call her this time. Luke's choice. Oh boy, here we go, Luke. You get to pick any category you want. This is your dream. Jesus fuck. Spin number two here of the Wheel of Death this week. Um. Uh. <laughs> Let's do ketchup popsicles. That should be stupid. Okay, here we go. Luke, the fight promotion game at its very core is sales and manipulation of the general public into an emotional financial response, right? Like Tommy Callahan's dad and Tommy Boy, who, by the way, could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. 
<laughs> the devil is in the details, Luke, when soliciting interest. In some ways, the June 6 Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul pay-per-view sells itself, right, Luke? Simply given the combined star power, the contrasting audiences, and the fact that there are more people in this country who love carnival train wrecks than we realize at times. Mm-hmm. Okay? So here we go. All right. Considering this isn't a fight most believe will be remotely competitive beyond the spectacle of it, how would you present this matchup if Showtime and Mayweather Promotions hired you to be the marketing and PR director behind the scenes? What would be the ideal attitudes taken (laughs) by the fighters during the pre-show interviews and promotions, and what would be the perfect tagline and strategy to get people to buy this paper? I would would, um, encourage... Logan Paul to go <laughs> to go full heel slash racial with it. Oh wow! Not Luke. because the, hold wow. a second, hold a second, hold a second. Let me play. Why are our Showtime people walking off the set right now? <laughs> I mean, just this is great. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. It's not real. I only say that not because that's an actual thing you should do, but because it would be nice if someone behind the scenes sabotaged Logan Paul's career. You know what I'm saying? The guy got pretty close with the guy in the tree in his video, and I thought for sure this will be the end of him on broader society. But I was wrong, and it didn't go that way. Uh, so. Good news, they've asked if they can remove the Showtime <laughs> branding from the sign now. Okay. I'm not being serious for crying out Ooh. loud. No, but really, look, look, look let's right, be right, honest all right, here. All right, all right, what's a What's a way you could actually sell the fight as a way? Like, So what's the goal here? Give me a convincing buy-in. That's that's the goal here, a convincing buy-in. Um. Who a convincing buy-in. I mean, you famous guy versus famous guy is going to sell, right? We right, know it. Right. If you hate Logan Paul, this is going to sell. If you love Floyd Mayweather, this is probably going to sell. But you got to try to hook that that general audience for that for that you know for that big inflated number. <sighs> Honestly, I don't know. I'm like trying to rack my brain about it. Do you it. play up Floyd's age, Logan's size, or do you just make it a hate fest, a good trash talk war? The trash talk, definitely. McGregor did that, and it worked to spectacular effect to sell it. Yes. But the problem is McGregor was, like, super awesome at it. Honestly, here's what you do. You know how those YouTube stars always do, like, rap diss tracks and stuff like that? I feel like if you're Logan Paul, you actually got to hire your brother. Because I got to tell you, of the two, Logan actually seems, like, a little bit quieter, a little bit more serious, a little bit, I think he's older, too, right? So I think with that, yeah, you, you, he's not the guy. You got to unleash the forces of his brother to start making taunt videos. To start being like, you're a fish. You know how, you know how uh, guys have like a hype man? You got to have him as the hype man. He's got to be the one just spraying the block with all the insults and what, you know, whatever path he wants to go down. Because I wouldn't go the race route. No, I'm, who's, I'm obviously not being serious. Um, but I don't know how, because he can't be the one. You got someone else has to do the dirty work and the funny work for him, like these fruit flies. All right, Luke, spin number three coming up. Go for it. <laughs> this is going quite well. Can you well. get a good one this time, a good spin? All right, hold on. There we go. A little harder than it looks. Uh, which one do we get here? Libyan plutonium. Libyan plutonium, all right. All right what do you have? Go. Luke, it's only fitting that on the day our trusty and shamed former producer, Jay Aaron, makes a triumphant return to MK, that we would have a question based on the film Back to the Future. Given Jay's fantastic Back in Time documentary that's available now on Hulu, by the way. But imagine if you can suddenly having access to hopping into the DeLorean for MMA analyst purposes only, 
grabbing the Gray Sports Almanac and going back in time to be able to have called a major MMA upset ahead of time on the Luke Thomas show that, in theory, we should have seen coming. So, like, every analyst dreams of this. I used to work with Dan Rayfield at ESPN. He always tells people that he called Hasim Rockman to knock out Lennox Lewis in their first fight. Okay. That's a great call, right? Yep. You can retire on that one, yep. okay, yep. Luke? So, given that, not every upset is obviously the same. Some, like Matt T- Sarah's TKO of GSP in 2007, have gone down in history as more of an aberration or a mistake than something top prognosticators missed. Uh, Sarah, for example, would go on to win just one more fight, Luke, before retiring and then becoming best friends with Dana and getting in the UFC Hall of Fame with an 11-7 and record. Conversation for another time. But other major MMA upsets were there before our eyes the whole time to have been uncovered. We only missed them. Forget for a second how much of an old bitch you are about making predictions. If you could hop into the time machine with Doc Brown and go back and have called a major MMA upset ahead of time, one that we should have seen coming, Mm. which one would it be? An MMA upset we should have seen coming. That is an interesting one. Ooh, and a big one, too. Can't be a small one, right? A big one. Got to be like okay. a historic, we go historic one. All right, when we get fired, we're going to get fired big. Hmm. Honestly, I... Should we have seen coming? There's there's a simple answer. I don't know if you're going to reach for it. Um, Probably Rousey and Holly. There it is. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one that all of us had blinders on that we probably should not have. Pe- Peaky blinders? I've never seen that show. I heard it's good. I've, have I've, you seen it? No. No? I'm told, I mean, if you go back at the time, I understand why. And again, I didn't see it coming, so, you know, this is uh, hindsight being 2020. But if you go back at the time, you, you, there was not enough evidence to conclude that someone who could stick and move like Holly, why, why would she automatically not have success? We just assumed Ronda would be able to grab a hold of her. And then you immediately realized, oh, my God, there's like a yawning gap. between. We didn't take into account her physical strength, Holly Holm. That, too. And she was a, an experienced athlete as well. You know, and many, so, was, so was Sarah McMahon. But, you know, she took the, the, the knee to the liver. So, yeah, it's got to be Holly versus Ronda. There were, there, were, there were some unanswered questions about Ronda's resume that we not only didn't answer, we covered it up with myth. Don't you remember when Edmund Tarverdian did the, 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 some of the media scrums from his own gym, and he was like, oh, she's knocking out WBC champs and sparring. Yes, yes. And we were just like, oh, yeah, her boxing is just all of a sudden it's, the best. It, but in reality, there's that gif where she's like. Yeah, and don't you remember? She was on the cover of Ring Magazine with like an MMA glove in one hand yeah, and a boxing was, glove in the other. Yeah, that was a little shameful. I mean, that's a little shameful. At that hey, point. listen, boxing is nothing if oppor- opportun- opportunistic. But MMA fans, and, and excluding some media, not that we believed it all the way, but like we kind of let it let it affect our thinking a little bit. Um so, yeah, probably that one. Probably okay. that one. Gus, it would have been Gustafson over Jones if he had won that fight. Oh, good call. But he didn't win it. So, yeah. at the end of the day. Luke's uh, spin number four. Here we go. Four. All right. Here four. we go. Spin number four. I don't know if this is a raving success or just raving. I wish this was the wheel spun. No, we got to do another one. You want Luke's choice again? You know, I feel like in the spirit of the game, okay. while these things fall off because okay. they weren't screwed in properly. All right. Um, <laughs> can you trap a few of the fruit flies in there? You can spin it either way. Oh, oh that's that was, much better. Oh, that was easy. That's much better. Problem is, though, Luke, if you get something you've already gotten, I mean, it's a delay. It's a little more dramatic this way. Oh, Ooh. I got keep it, keep her off the pole. Oh, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> is this going to be about my daughter, you creep? Contrary to popular belief, Luke, not every Wheel of Death question needs to be absurd or designed to put you in an uncomfortable position. I don't believe that. Sometimes we actually get wholesome around these parts. Luke, if people don't know already by watching our second documentary, you're a very dedicated father. I am. 
Like Kobe, RIP, you're a self-proclaimed girl dad. I guess so, yes. Who would love nothing more than to raise his daughter right and figuratively keep her off the pole, right? Jesus fucking Christ. So with that in mind, Luke, what are the three most important life lessons or characteristics that you are actively trying to raise up in your daughter as she absorbs being raised by you, aside, of course, from all the profound ways in which you will screw her up just by being yourself? Yes. I mean, I definitely will pass down all my pathologies to her, so there's that. Um, Three most important things you aim to instill as a parent. Okay, one, got to be work ethic. I think, I won't say most problems in life will be solved with work ethic, but a lot of them, a lot of them can be solved. And not just like I'm willing to do a lot of work, but like the kind of skills that go into making meaningful work, like organizational skills, time management, that kind of a thing. So I'll say work ethic, that's one. Two, I will say, um, you know, you got to make time, you gotta be. You gotta make time for happiness in this world. Mm-hmm. What are things that make you happy? Do you like to dance? Do Chase you like your passions, maybe. Okay, but like uh, some people, this is true. You gotta acknowledge this. Some people don't want their passions to be their hobby. If she does, fine. But like, you gotta embrace things in this world. Life is short, dude, and you just. There don't are people in my own house who do, have not embraced my turn to art. Well, you know, you you are like Coco the gorilla finger painting. It's more just a curiosity that a primate of your level has the coordination skills and the color management to get I'm that right. I'm thinking about but working on that large Native American fellow over there. That that is a. a um, I would say, um, uh, yeah, making making you know, not like you have to be hedonistic about it, but just understanding the role that things that bring you joy in this life and not losing sight of that. Yes. And I think. Um, uh, if you don't find the pole position of joy in your life, the pole will find you. Can we not talk about the pole and my <laughs> two-year-old daughter? Would that be okay with you? Um, the last thing I would say is you have to honor where you come from. You cannot lose sight of that. I think that the fact that she is American is important, and she will not lose sight of it. But her mother is Colombian, and she will not lose sight of that either. She will speak Spanish because when she goes to Colombia, she is going to speak to a bunch of people who don't speak English, and the reality is you can't have a deeper relationship with your family if you're impeded by a language barrier. That's a real thing. If you want to have a relationship with your aunts and uncles in a place where you have many of them, you should be able to talk to them, and you should understand that world. You should understand their customs. You should understand that you come from that wow, this is deep. too. And so that's Can why... we play her, the full house, slow music in the background? That's, like why her, that's why her name is what her name is. We didn't give her a name like Jessica. We gave her a name like Violetta because... Wow, he's dropping bombs on all Jessicas out there. Well, it's a fine name, but like it wouldn't tell you that she necessarily had... Um, she has American roots, so she has my last name, but she has her wife's roots, so she has a Hispanic You're name. You're like, we wouldn't have named her Ashley or Courtney or the name of anybody else on the staff, but... Uh, yeah, know. two boring-ass fucking names that no one wants. Wow. <laughs> Oh, all right. T- there's a, there are folks who don't know. There's an Ashley here who's tolerable. There's a Courtney here who's great, but you that's know. not that's not nice at all. Okay, thank you very much, Luke. And that this was is a, a Luke who HR is going to have a conversation. Yes. With. No, I, I enjoyed that. It was very nice and sweet of you, Luke. I yeah. don't forget. Don't. That's why I'm starting up Factory Town MMA because I may live in a cushy Connecticut suburb now, but I didn't know. Hey, you Luke, know how okay? the PI is like the Performance Institute for yes. UFC? Can Front Yard Gym be the PI of <laughs> Factory Town <laughs> MMA? <laughs> That's pretty good, right? That is pretty good. That is pretty good. Final spin, Luke. You're going to get what you're going to get here. All right, here we go. Yeah, this was much better. I should have been doing this from the beginning. I kept spinning it the wrong way. We can do this every weekend. Okay, now it's taking a little longer. (laughs) 
Can't wait for it to land on something we've already done, Luke. <laughs> oh, what's it say? Bad Moon Risen. All right. Risen. Your final spin of the week, Luke. Uh, and nothing short of a good faith response. Provide for me a top five pound for pound list of the best MMA fighters in the world right now, currently not in the UFC. Oh, shit. Okay. Jesus, that's hard. Uh, I put Pitbull. Friday is number one. Um, Patricio. Yeah, Demetrius Johnson's. Well, he lost, so you got to give credit to the guy he beat or beat him rather. Yeah, so he can't be number two, Luke. Uh, Morais um, took a number two against that guy. I, I, let me think out loud here. Hold on, best ones ever or best no, ones, no, no, uh, no, 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 best, best ones right, right now, now, right now, right now. Who? Um, okay. Keep in mind Douglas Lima, Vadim Nemkov. Keep in mind currently not in UFC. So yes. you've got yeah, you know Nemkov's up there. Do you want to say Kayla Harrison? Well, that's why I was going to ask you, because female-wise, you can certainly make a, a separate rankings with Cyborg Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison, but, yeah. But are they in the top five of any gender in your eyes here right now, of this spirit of this question? Maybe maybe Cyborg, just be a virtue of the resume. If you're going to do women separately, for sure they're on the list. Um, you know, you could put Lima on that list. You could put, um, who are some good guys that PFL has? That Rory McDonald. He looked good in his last fight. I might put him on there. Um, the one, Christian Lee, the, the their lightweight yes, champ yes. over at one, he looks good. He's a real talented guy. Um, are there any, like, big heavyweights out there that we're not thinking of? I'm trying to, th I'm trying to think. On the regional Joey Beltran and BKFC? No. I don't know if that's top five. No. I'm just excited for his new relationship with Bretton Hart, you know? And honestly, you could even, I mean, we'll see what happens, but maybe Rumble? Maybe. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that's good. That's the part about it. It's like I don't really know. I expect him to look really good on Friday. I don't know that he. We, 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 maybe he will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, Luke, interesting first experiment with the wheel this time. Yes, we I went the I went the wrong way. I was trying to go this way, and it fucking we, sucked. We didn't get apologized to Jay or anything like that. Um, you know, it's hard, Luke. I, I'm gonna put it, well, the more we do this in person, I'm gonna put ten questions on there, and you get what you get. You know, right. some are wild, some are you know random, whatever. But All right, you know, it is what fine. it is. That's fine. Thank you, folks. Thank you very much. All right, you want to finish the show with the, uh, fan, the, subs. the fan subs? Yes. Uh, morningcombat at gmail.com is the correct email to let your voice be heard, let your face be heard, whatever you want to create and put it on the show. We'll run it. It's called Fan Submission. All right, Luke, we begin with Guterf. And he says, guys, why can we not watch Bellator in Austria? We go tip to tip as hard as anyone, exclamation point. Jay, can you put the fan sub up so we can react to it? I can't see. Can you blow it up? Jay, you're going to have to blow these things up. As Jay. these two idiots touch feet. Jay, if you can blow a little bit more, please. <laughs> I mean. That made that one? I don't know. And that's why they're toasting no, it? No, I think they're just toasting the fact that they're watching, watching the show MK? together. Yeah. Yes. Touching feet like weirdos? Okay. They go, tip to, they go hard tip 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 tip. <laughs> they go wow. bunion to bunion here. <laughs> yeah, tip to tip. Okay. Fungi to fungi. Second one is from Gorilla God, and he says, Love the show. Gets me through my factory work and workouts, and I love the super comfy morning combat shirts. Oh, dude, he's got Can't a nice wait setup. Can't to order more merch. Shout out to Luke and Brian from a factory town in Ohio. Let's zoom in on his... Uh, on his setup there, Jay, if you don't mind. He's got a flat bench. He's got an adjust looks like an adjustable bench, pull-up bar. Got some hex rubber dumbbells like in the, the cupboards back. The, in the he's got in the back there, you know? There's MK on the TV. He's got an air conditioner in the wall, it looks like. Yeah. 
My man's you got you got a cooler up there with some with some lunch. Did you see the Netflix documentary Tread about that guy that went crazy and built a uh, built an armored tank and drove it over the buildings in this Colorado town? No. That his setup looked a lot like this guy's, so I'd, I'd watch out for this guy. But I thank know, you, weird people out there. Thank you, Gorilla God, for sliding in here. Steve B has a Luke in Yeri <laughs> Prohatska mem meme. Sorry, meme ready before TRT after. <laughs> yeah, I might have to get that old dreadlocks. Yep. Forget the dreadlocks. God, right this was 2016. Uh, yeah, look at my beard. It wasn't would you nearly do it as. For the purpose of this show, would you go on a, uh, a TRT cycle? Sure. With, uh, but it, it could give you bitch titties. <laughs> okay, good, Luke. Okay. Uh, it's a risk I'm willing to take at this wow, point. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Actually, I don't know. That w- The TRT wouldn't really necessarily do that. They don't give you the kind of dosage for that. They don't give you the Belfort package? Yeah, I don't think they give you the all out, you know, sp- hose you down. Uh, Sauce. It's more regimented. Would you wear the mohawk if you got cut on TRT? You mean that's not a mohawk? No, the 2013. Oh, you mean the That was a mohawk plus a mullet plus like a fade plus like he had like five haircuts at once. Yeah, that was fantastic. All right, our next one is from uh, CA. He says BC's do rag turned face mask reminded me of the 2000 film Hollow Man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. The guy on the left kind of looks like the right, right? Hooded sweatshirt, sunglasses. Sure. Okay. That's a bad bit. Uh, no, I kind of liked it. Jason A. Is this Jason Aaron? He says, uh, what's going on, fellas? Jay here from Boston. Paying my respects to the MK curse today. Here is Papa Shango, a.k.a. Papa Campbell, with his lucky shrunken head of future lightweight champion Kevin Lee. We is, haven't cursed Kevin Lee. Is this we? a wrestling? Yeah, that's Papa Shango. You remember that guy? No. He became the Godfather. How did you go to be? Now, why are you so jaundiced in that pick? I think that's just my natural look. Look, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Jason A has a second one where he says, "Here is LT making a sacrifice to curse all future opponents of Anthony <laughs> Smith." You know, you gotta you gotta pray to the gods in the way they deserve to be prayed to. Uh, one more from Jason A. Here is Shaman LT and Young BC down in the MK basement crypt plotting their next mark. There's a, there's been a lot of talk, Luke, about who's next. What what scene is this actually? Is that Goonies? I don't know. All right. I have to poop. Luke, uh, who who we got? Who who we gonna target next? Uh, I don't know. Are there more of these? Yeah, there's more fan submissions. Oh, yeah, I'll see them then. You really have to go that bad? No, no, I'm kidding. Sort of. All right, Ricky says, hello, gents. Here is a Ghoulies poster inspired (laughs) by MK episode 148. Due to my amateur computer skills, this thing took long hours to make. Ha ha, I see you soon. The goat dentist. Donkleys. And at the bottom it reads, uh, a two-flush production. Starring Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell, available exclusively on Betamax. With Pat Berry's uh, motivation written on the front of the toilet. You are the best motherfucker ever. I am the best. I am the best. Uh, commode monster? Yes, you're the best yes. commode monster. All right, thank you for that ghoulies uh, memory. A lot of people had had a tough time growing up thinking that as they shit, somebody was going to, gonna, you know. Well, I can, I can, I can confidently assure you, I was not one of them. <laughs> Were you crowning like the? Are you right now crowning like the king of England? I've got, I've got a tortoise in my rear end. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I mean, really, in hindsight, guys, it's, it's probably not even in the top ten of most offensive moments today. But it really grows. I've got right. a tortoise. Okay, uh, Ricky says, uh, no, that was Ricky. Jose, hey, hey, donks, I made this fan art of the original MK with the MK family. 
Love the show, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Much love from Brazil. That's funny. That's oh, funny. That is Look great. at old school. I got the Kano treatment. I like that. Look at Sugar in the middle there. Yeah. That's wow. nice. That's nicely done. I like Chuck's hat. That is that is great. He's raiding. That is fantastic. The Braun is what they call Braunstetter. Got the all Canada bracket on the top right. Wow. You got to unlock that character. He's <laughs> <laughs> hard to pin down, Luke. Okay. Uh, let's go over to at Jonah Eat World. Mike Bone sure gets the ladies, he says. Mike Bond from uh, from uh, USA Today. He uh, gets the hogs here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is BC at 4 a.m. Uh, like, I waited my turn at the Chili's bar. Uh, here's where it gets funny. Jonah Eat World is back with another one. Hey, BC, next time in Connecticut, I'll hit you up to get some rounds in a... FTMMA. So this is my new graphic oh. designer. By the way, WebSpring is also working on some graphic designs for this, but these are the first ones sent in by Jonah Eat World. What do you think so far? There's that's actually pretty good. I see the F and the T there. Dude, that's actually not bad. I mean, Factory Town MMA is building quick. We've, we're going to get the merch way before we get the building. Oh, there were other ones. Jay, you want have the other ones with the smokestacks? Oh, God. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. You don't have the other ones I said? No, the bottle I mixed. No, you know, this is, you're, you're, you're fast forwarding. Okay. Uh, we, all right. Thanks, Jay. It's, it's great. It's great working with you. It really is. It's really, it's <laughs> Glad great. you're back, Jay. <laughs> it's great. All right. Uh, Jonah had a lot more that he sent me. I guess we'll have to see those at another time. All right. Scott M says, live look at BC's gym. You don't want this smoke. Is that a bong? What is that? Yeah, I think it's a it's a, the uh, the Olympic torch, right? No, it's a it's a it's a ball and chain. Yes, yes. Why do you have a speed bag in the back that looks like one testicle <laughs> just drooping lower than the other? One hanging low. Yeah, that is uh, that is not. Uh, That's the worst speed bag I've ever I, seen. I, I did pop for it though. Look at the shorts on these guys too. Okay, let's go over to Todd M. He's got two. He says, "Hi guys, if you ever run out of things." To talk about in the MMA world, I think you've already paved the way towards reinventing yourselves from Todd in San Diego. Jay, can you hit the button now? God, there? you look gross. <laughs> you look at that. Is that Ben Rothwell's chest? Look at that hot dog on there. That is great. I hate that picture. <laughs> I don't know why, but I really hate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I hate it, too. That, that picture sucks. Here's the second one from Todd. Luke's job. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas fits, son. That's exactly what my shit looks like right there. I'm not exaggerating. Chain link at, fence? I don't have the chain link fence. I have a wood fence, but still. Will you go shirtless at all? I got a little work to do before I can confidently yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. but if it would embarrass my daughter, I might expedite the timeline. Uh, here's a, a, a fan friggin'-tastic one. River Kitty Ransom, one of our best IG followers and, and submitters. Uh, he's got a great cat named River, by the way. Okay. Uh, Luke, here it is. Traveling to Virginia over the weekend and stopped by the current home of Sigma Pi. No, to that's Sigma Pi oh, hold Delta. On, hold on. They put the pictures in the wrong order oh. because Jay's producing Or that's today. Sigma Tau Delta, whatever and that is. And here they... Traveling in Virginia, stopped by the current home of Sigma Pi at William & Mary to rep MK. Yes, look at that. Is that really in Williamsburg? And here's the tree that Luke vomited on that time. Can you go to the tree? It's not, but okay. And he says, in case I'm dead wrong, I took a photo in front of the old Sigma Pi building, too. Is this William & Mary? This looks like it, Luke. He, he, he went on a research trip in your old stomping grounds and recreated the photos of your famous sort story. Sort of. So this looks like, I can't, I forgot the Greek lettering. I think that's 
uh, is it either Phi Tau or Chi Tau Delta or whatever the fuck it is? The other one was Sigma Pi. It used to be what was what's called, yeah. So it used to be what was called uh, Unit E on, on Fraternity Row. I don't know where they are now, so I actually don't even know if that's accurate. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was at the end. There were two lines of fraternity homes. We had the last one on the front end, Unit E, right before, um, right before the, the, the big stadium. So what's the story with the, uh, the tree that you threw up on? Man, I, I probably pissed and shit and threw up on a million trees. I don't know what that one is. Because this guy made a pilgrimage on behalf of MK, yeah. holding MK merch to, to retrace your, your steps, your no, path. I don't, there's nothing with that tree that I can recall. No. All right. Well, thank you. But I appreciate him going to Sigma Pi. That was funny. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, probably a bunch of losers there now, but, you know, what are you going to do? So uh, that, was a, uh, that was an interesting show we just did, right? Yeah. You know what today is, by the way? Huh? May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Or as yes. my wife would say, Cinco de Mayo. The 14th anniversary of Floyd Mayweather versus Oscar De La Hoya on pay-per-view. Oh, man. And also the 14th anniversary of my wedding night. Yeah? Today, my beautiful wife, Jen, and I, 14 years strong. Is tomorrow going to be the first anniversary? Well, uh, is tomorrow going to be the first day of your divorce? How's this going to go? Well, people may say, hey, <laughs> BC, you're really going to show up in Uncasville, Connecticut at a, uh, you know, Yeah, I told my wife Bellator that. She was surprised arena. you were here. Uh, but, um... Not only uh, is me getting out of the house a, a great anniversary gift for my wife, but also, um, you know, she married a boxing writer. So I've been away at big fights, unfortunately, for, for most. Jay, Jay, nobody cares. Jay Slotting in. That's his mom's birthday. Nobody so cares. Happy, happy birthday to Jay's mom. But um, hey, let yes. me say let me say this. I don't want to, you know, count my chickens before they've hatched. We don't know exactly what's wrong. My cat had some real health uh, scares. Last like, week. hey, BC, I know you were serenading your wife on the yeah. biggest day in your marriage's history, but my cat's my cat might not make it. Okay, BC, you're not serenading your wife. She's not going to see this. And you, you don't know. think she supports my work? No, no, I don't. <laughs> and if they're anything like my family, they don't either. Uh, my my wife literally, she goes, "Wait, why are you going to Connecticut?" I'm like, "For the Showtime thing." She's like. There's one next week, and I'm like, I've been telling you this for weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, and then didn't ask what I was doing here. Like, I had no, no clue. Uh, no, but my cat was really fucked up. We thought he might die this week. Booger. He, booger. Moco. He still might. We don't know exactly what's wrong. We're whatever. But he's been on a regimen of medicine and is looking significantly better. So knock on wood. Thoughts I hope, and prayers and love out okay. to Booger. Big fan. To Big Booger. I don't want him to, I don't want him to die. No. That would suck. Um, you don't want my marriage to end. It's my anniversary, and we're celebrating it here, okay? You and I. My other are you, marriage. Are you expecting me to be your wife? <laughs> My other marriage. I yes. will also not bang you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that was a good joke. You stole that, that was a good joke. Yesterday. I got dizzy telling you it. Stole that from I got me dizzy yesterday. telling that joke. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, okay, I feel better. Um, we have we have a lot more show. How awkward do you think the post show uh, recap chat with our producer Matt Snyder will be after? This? Oh, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be fun. He's gonna be. We saw some steam come out of his ears yeah, today. That's we'll, okay. we'll have a shit chat together and, you know. Um, but 2.50. So in about an hour and 40 minutes or so from this moment, we're going to be back here. Logan Storley will be with us. But he's only the first of many. We have an entire we show. Rumble. We got Rumble. Rumble's going right. to be here. Uh, I think the champ, Archuleta, is going to be here. Patricky Pipple, that, that so, savage. I love that man. So come back here in about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. We're going to have a lot for you. For now, uh, let's see. Uh, you want to email the show, morningcombat at gmail.com, easiest place to do that, right? You want to follow us on social media, you can do that as well. Morning Combat's going to be the name consistently everywhere. But as you can see, Brian Campbell and I have slightly different names between 
uh, Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get Showtime, why wouldn't you? You can go to Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you're ready to take the leap, however, there's your URL, show.com slash BellatorMMA, $4.99 a month for the next six months, which is not just the live Showtime, but the entire library of Showtime. You get a lot for it there. Bang for your buck. Thumbs up on the video. Hit subscribe. We'll see you back here in about an hour and 40 minutes or so. For Malka Showtime, CBS Sports, Viacom, CBS, Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas. Until about an hour and a half from now, may all of your gains be loyal.